It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Before we get to episode 207 and my recap of a couple weekends ago at Pintastic, I want to say congratulations to our good friends at Head to Head Pinball, their 100th episode. Same shout out to Jeff Patterson of This Week in Pinball, now two years running. Also a one-year anniversary for Special One Lit. Hello to the new podcasters, including Backbox Pinball Podcast from San Antonio and Lauren Gray. There's another new podcast you'll hear in this recap with George and Dr. Dave. There were so many great people to see at Pintastic. I had an amazing time. I'm looking forward to it already in 2020. Gabe, Derek, Dave, all the volunteers and organizers, you did a wonderful job. Thanks for having me. It was great to see all the vendors, all the players, all the collectors, all the people who enjoyed a little bit of Fireball. The tournaments were fun. You can see some of those on Backhand Pinball. You'll hear all about it as we recap Pintastic. On my way to Sturbridge to go to Pintastic, and who should pick me up at Logan but the legendary Chuck Webster. And I thought I would talk to him right now in the car for a couple reasons. One, in case something should happen, that this will be a document and the uh, can find the bodies. But Chuck, how are you, buddy? And thanks for doing this. I'm doing great, Jeff. Nice to see you again. See, another good thing about getting you on right now is being in mass for the weekend i'm gonna be able to hopefully dissect and understand what the hell you people in chowderhead say because it's a very strange language you have i don't know what you're talking about jeff we, we speak perfect queen's english everyone else talks funny it's not us bostonians can i buy an r please <laughs> sure jeff so we're in your car right now there's a game in the back what is this blackjack what is that i got um two games i got blackjack and i have um torpedo alley Torpedo Alley. All right. Now, you're also doing something a little new and give you a little plug, too, because you've got a lot of games at your place and you've got different themes, but you're now an operator. What happened? <laughs> I am, Jeff. Um, I'm uh, taking over a location that um, a couple of my friends had, Mike and Mitch. Uh, it's called the Starlight Lounge in Amesbury. And um, right now we have seven pins, a couple of video games. Um, hopefully I'll squeeze another pin in there at some point. And um, we're hosting the New England Pinball League there. And I'm going to have some tournaments coming up in August, we'll probably do. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a nice little operation. Now, do the tournaments kind of bring attention to that? There are pins there, or people already know that pins are there? No, no one really knew the pins were there. So, hosting league there, and I'm going to try to build up the crowd, the pinball crowd, by having these events. Um, and just give, give the pins more exposure and actually get the, some more people going to the restaurant as well. Okay, now, we're going to Pintastic, and it's not going to be at Replay FX this year, but... There is a different version of the Trash Talker. So tell me what's going on. What do I have to do? Who do I have to beat? All right. This is, Yes, we're going to have the Trash Talker League Challenge. This started out uh, because Replay FX, you know, they couldn't handle the, the Trash Talker. They were... They were Dignified? Yeah, they were too dignified to handle the trash talker. Had class? Is that the word you're looking for? Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to say. They just, they, they had some class. That's a good way of putting it. So instead, we're going to do a trash talker league challenge up at um, Pintastic. It started off with New England Pinball League against the Crap League, the Connecticut, Rhode Island area pinball league. And um, long story short, we invited a couple more leagues. Sunshine's going to be coming in. Um, we're going to invite the podcasters. They kind of choked last time, but we're going to invite the podcasters to play in it. Boston Bells may have a team. New England Pinball League will have a women's and men's team. Adam up in from Montreal is going to have a team. I, f- I forget what his league is. North Star. North Star. That's it. North Star. Yeah, it should be a great event. And I'm sure there'll be a couple other leagues that jump in at the last minute, too. All right. I'm off to Expo with Chuck Webster right now. Thanks for picking me up. Tell my wife and kids I love them. <laughs> Good to see you, Jeff. All right. We're here at Pintastic Silver Ball Rumble, where all the great players are here in this Stern Pro Circuit. And when I mean great players, I'm talking about none other than Mrs. and Dr. Pin. I just saw Mrs. Pin sauce it on uh, Dragon Fist. No, you didn't sauce it, did you? I totally missed the saucer. Sorry. Is there even a saucer? No. Oh, okay. Not that I saw. So what is your strategy on Dragon Fist? You kind of had some practice, too, at Ron Howlett's. I did. Ron taught me everything he knows, which means that my score was, like, not totally awful. It was, like, just sort of awful. Now, I know it's a big goal for you to get to tournaments and stuff, so this is a big one. I don't know how many Stern Pro circuits you've done. I think you did Pinfest in Allentown, and you've got Pinburg coming up. Yes. What else? Major Whoppers. Um, I don't know. What else are we playing in? We're playing here. We're going to Pinburg is the big one. 
Nothing else planned for, uh, oh, we've got a tournament in Harrisburg at the River City Blues Club. Critical hit. There's a lot of vendors in here, and I kind of want to see Mrs. Pin pull out some of her swag. Christian, Dr. Pin, what the hell? Why isn't she doing it? You know, she really should. She, we're, we're kind of the, the kind of people that we see, the players that we love, and we just hand out swag. We have probably spent way more money than we should have on swag, but uh, it's fun. We love the people in pinball, and we like to hook them up with shirts. I don't know about pinball skills, but I do know that 3D printers and uh, silk screeners and t-shirt makers were made for the pins. Uh, we have a big event tonight, don't we? A little podcaster panel. We do. Are you nervous? Sort of. I've seen some of the questions that they're going to be asking. What are they? Oh, I can't tell you because that would be a huge advantage. Well, um, yeah, so you get the advantage but not everybody else? I wrote them. Oh, okay. What are they? I don't know. By the way, be careful. I saw that rat Pinside Petey here. I think he's here. I would love to give Petey a big hug. You would? Of course. Make, homeboy. Make sure your whistles stand by for in case it gets a little creepy. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mrs. Pin. Thanks, Schmef Schmiolis. The kids from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory are here at Pintastic, and one of them right now, Mike TV. Paris Themen joins us. Hello, Paris. How are you? I'm well. I hope you have a good mic because there are a lot of pinball machines playing behind me. I want to know what you're thinking about this new pinball machine that's behind you. I've played it once. I've looked at some videos of it online. Uh, I've taken a look at the uh, flowchart. Yeah, yeah, I I had a feeling if I said flowchart, that would be a buzzword for you. Um, It looks great. I mean, uh, as I understand it, not being a pinball geek myself, Jersey Jacks uh, makes some of the best stuff going. As someone who is a board game geek, but not necessarily a pinball geek, uh, it looks awesome. When you see the images taken from that iconic movie, whether it's in the pinball machine, whether it's in slot machines, what are your feelings like some 45, almost 50 years later? You know, playing the pinball machine is a narcissistic exercise for me, right? I sit there, I push the buttons, I'm trying to not let the balls go down, but at the same time, it's like, hey, that's my voice. I know that. I know that sound bite. Or there's a whole section which is Wonka Vision and uh, you know pictures of me. I mean, it's if it's fun to play as a pinball machine, it's more fun because it's also me. When I watch that movie, which I've seen several times, as I'm sure you have as well, I look at that uh, Wonka Vision. I think that's the original iPad. In a way. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, they've got a device in the pinball machine that looks a lot like an iPad, I guess. Uh, it's the original iPad. I mean, I was actually transported into that device. <laughs> okay, that hasn't happened yet. They, right. They're not really there yet. Um, I don't know if that's the original iPad. Uh, it looks like it on the machine for sure, but anyway. Well, I can also tell you that what they did is in a very sort of land of the giants kind of a way, and I'm speaking to your older viewers when I say that, they built a big set piece for me to walk around in and jump down from. I wonder what it was like for you working with the other actors, the Oompa Loompas in costume and whatnot, being a young kid, because I think of things like Wizard of Oz, and if I saw the monkeys, they scared the heck of me as a kid watching the movie. What is it like for you as a child actor seeing these Oompa Loompas who are wonderful people when the camera's not on, but they're a little intimidating to see these coming around everywhere and, and of course, everything that goes on in that fantastic world? Sure. I mean, honestly, it was 1970. I was 11, so I certainly hadn't met 10 little people all at the same time in the same place. So it was more I, the green hair that freaked me out, not the little people. I was well, like, whoa. Well, I'm trying to think if they were in makeup when I first met them, and I think they actually were. And I can remember a moment of sort of nudging my mom and going, oh, look, you know, here they are. And uh, But I, it quickly passes, and, you know, there were just other actors on set and more people to have fun with. You know, there's the scary tunnel scene and that kind of stuff, and people ask me if, if you're really scared. I mean, you know, I have the benefit of being backstage and it being clearly a fabrication whereas if somebody who's seven and they watch the movie and they're suspending their disbelief and really sort of I'm making quote marks because this is a sound interview if they are you know actually going into the film as they watch it it's not the same sort of experience that I have I can tell you that even though I wasn't suspending my disbelief in that way 
just the actual experience of going every day to the ever-changing sets and physical props and music and candy and colors and food and you know it was good it was fun Paris Mike TV thank you very very much for this thank you very much I hope you have fun today I'm with Julie Cole Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory here at Pintastic, and I'm watching you playing the Jersey Jack game. It looks like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah, but I, I have no skill in this at all, so you're being very tactful and saying you're looking at me failing. <laughs> but I know you're enjoying it, and you're probably a second away from saying, I want it now! Oh, I so want one. I so want one. It's great fun. It's totally addictive. It is fun, and yeah. it's great for you to see all the different images, and they really yeah. captured the movie inside this pinball machine, and they've really got a lot in there. No, it's fantastic. There's so many elements that you're kind of looking at the ball and then you forget what's going on in the screen and somewhere else. So how on earth you can be tactical with it, I don't know, because there's so much to, to look at. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Well, you're part of a movie that means so much to so many different people. And I don't know if this is true, and you've probably answered this question several times, but forgive me for asking because this is the first time I've met you. I, I wonder, I heard a rumor when they shot the movie, the first time you saw the set, the Chocolate Factory, did that, in fact, happen? Like, that that's a real reaction? Well, that's, Is that a that, rumor? that's kind of what the director thought. Oh. That was his intention. But actually, I'd already been shown around the uh, the scene, the, the stage before, by a very nice, well-meaning uh, stagehand. And then we got the missive from the director that we were not allowed to see the set. But it was too late. But you're an actress, so you well, just I had know. to pretend. I did. I didn't tell him. Uh, but 30 years later, we were in New York, and he was telling this story yet again that it was about the first time we saw the chocolate room and I thought, oh, I have to come clean now. Finally, so, the Yeah, his, uh, his language was colorful. It's so great to see this still now reaching different generations. I mean, we all saw it as children, our children are seeing it, and now this is gonna live on in the memory of this pinball machine, slot machines, there's so much going on. Did you know it was this special when you made the movie that year, many years ago? No, not at all. I mean, who had any idea of the spin-offs? You know, we're coming up to the 50th anniversary and uh, it's hard to believe that all this stuff is still happening. I read an interview once with you and you were talking uh, so fondly about Gene Wilder who passed away a few years ago. He meant a lot to you. Yeah, he was a very lovely and very kind. Um, I was the only one of the kids that didn't have a member of the family with them when we were filming in Germany. And he found that out after a couple of weeks. And funnily enough, I was only told this in April this year by Rusty Goff, one of the Oompa Loompas who um, apparently Jean said, come on boys, we've got to make sure she's okay. And they all kind of looked after me. I love that kind of father figure about Jean and it just speaks of his charm for sure. Now, you know, Willy Wonka's got a pinball machine, but uh, you know, I see Mike TV here and Charlie Bucket, but none of these people have a rock band named after their character. No, they don't, so, do they? Veruca Salk, the first time you heard that band come out in the 90s, what were you thinking? Uh, everybody kept coming out to me and saying, what do you think of the band? What do you think of the band? And they weren't well known in the UK. Um, so anyway, eventually somebody gave me a CD and uh, we're kind of in contact, um, but still actually haven't met up. Julie, the last question, as a child actor, and, and I look at what Mike had to do and yourself and the character played Augustus Gloop, you kids were kind of brats, as it is mentioned in the game. So I wonder if it was, first of all, fun to play that bratty character. It had to be great to sink your teeth into that kind of just over-the-top character, but what happened after the fact, when you went to school, when you met your friends, or did they people think, oh, you're really like Veruca Salt? Uh, some did, but I was at theatre school in London, uh, so it was, it was, you know, it was just like, you know, who's on what? Yeah, it was. I was at school with Jack Wilde, who was in Oliver, and various other, you know, other kids that were in other movies, so it was just like, oh, you're just doing your job, and you, you go back to normal life. Julie, thank you very much, and enjoy Willy Wonka. It's a great pinball machine, and thank thanks you. for coming. Yeah, I want one now. <laughs> Peter Ostrom's here, Charlie Bucket, enjoying watching you playing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You're really into this pinball machine. <laughs> I'm not very good. I'm watching some of these people that know what they're doing, and uh, they're incredible. <laughs> My hand-eye coordination isn't very good right now, but uh, may maybe this would be a good thing for me to have. It'll prevent Alzheimer's disease down the road. <laughs> you think so? Actually, you know what? A lot of pinball is used for therapy. So. Really? Oh, for Seriously? sure. Absolutely. Really? In fact, over here you'll see uh, Project Pinball, 
and they donate pinball machines to all kinds of children's hospital. Really? They put really? over 30 in so far. Oh, They're wow. doing another eight this month. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's very therapeutic. For I, sure. I can see it's it's addicting for sure. <laughs> but I like seeing that you're into it. Were you ever a pinball player? No, Did, never, no. never. <laughs> so how many times... Have you played pinball? Can you count it on one hand, pretty much? Uh, one hand, <laughs> right, exactly. And I probably doubled it right now in the last half hour. <laughs> You've played less pinball than there are golden tickets, I think. That's true. That's but, true. But it's very impressive. You've got to like the animations that they've oh, used. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about the pinball machine? Well, I think the uh, the everlasting gobstopper and the uh, Wonka Vision camera looks wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it just they've added so much to it and what I was talking to the owner and the ma the manufacturer and basically everything's you know handmade at their factory which is impressive you know so they've done a nice job with it and I've been here you know all day and there's been a constant line of people wanting to play this so it looks like he's got a hit it's a winner for sure yeah. now here's what I want to know about the movie it was such a big success it's just been replayed over and over again and so many people love it and have seen it several times to recite word for word were you ever hoping that they would make Charlie in the glass elevator oh uh, um, uh, <laughs> probably not I was I was ready to be done with it really? when it was now, over why, why well <laughs> I mean I had a great experience but um, tough to top think, right tough to top yeah yeah, and uh, so it's kind of amazing, and you know, in this world of sequels, that they didn't do something. You know, even now, another. Uh, well, they did the remake. Johnny, now, what'd you think of the Johnny, remake? It, it was okay, but it was com a completely different film. You know, it was. It's uh, in a different category than than where we it are. It has that Tim Burton. It feel does. To it, you know, sure. for it, it was great, but it just you know, it's. You know that has uh, that film has its fans, and we kind of have our fans. The hardest thing for me to get over the new movie was, as much as Johnny Depp is a fantastic actor, there is only one Willy Wonka, right? Right. Gene right, Wilder. Right. I, mean, I heard a story about he insisted when he came out of the factory and walked out to meet the crowd right, that he did the somersault, right, right, like that, exactly. and the limp. That was all him. That was all him, and nobody knew. We didn't know that he was going to do that. So, nice surprise. I saw recently on Saturday Night Live they did a skit of Willy Wonka. Did you see that where they were basically talking about all, they had all the grandparents in the bed there? Right, right. It's pretty done, fun. Yeah, they've beaten us up pretty good on Saturday Night Live. Hey, <laughs> but, but that's okay. But it's out of love, right? I right. Mean, it's such a great movie. Peter, thank you very much for coming to Pintastic and enjoy playing the pinball. Very good. Thank you so much. I'm here at American Pinball playing one-handed Oktoberfest. Uh, the other hand is occupying a beer right now, and Joe Balser's here. Joe, great games here. Houdini, this Oktoberfest. A lot of people are playing them and enjoying them. Hey, thanks, Jeff. It's a fun game to do. Uh, we just hope it continues. I'm playing in the tournament. Uh, you weren't a big tournament guy. You know, I've talked to other manufacturers, other guys like yourself who've made some great games, but that was never your thing, was it? No, I was never in tournaments when I was a kid. Growing up, I really didn't do a lot of pinball. But you did do something, didn't you? Yeah, so as a kid, 12, 13 years old, I used to go into uh, this Aneta Hotel in Cicero, Illinois. That's where I grew up. And they had a Valley Hole game in there. And it was a flipper list, but you played like a tic-tac-toe on the back glass. Any games that you would win, you walk to the bar, they would click a button underneath the bar, and they would knock off all the credits that you got, and then you would get paid. So on a 10 cents game, you can make some serious bucks. Yeah, and I would be walking around with 10, 20 dollar bills in my pocket, and I was, I was 12, 13 year old kid, so I was. I King was the of big the guy. hill. Yes, I was. No wonder you <laughs> fell in love with pinball. I mean, yeah, and that was without flippers. So once you got to the flipper games, it got a lot more fun. And so. maybe I now understand why pinball might have been banned for a little bit. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. yeah oh, jeez. Yeah. Again, we were talking about American Pinball. We were talking about Oktoberfest. Since the last time I've seen you, more code update. The games are now selling, and it's really coming together. I always liked it from the beginning. Even when okay. I played it the first time at Expo, only six modes. You know why I liked it? Because I like the shots. Yeah, and okay. then modes come after that. If you got the shots, you know a good game's coming. The shots are working. We enjoyed it as a Whitewood. So once you, if you can get a good Whitewood playing, you kind of know that once you get real code in, light shows, sound, it becomes something special. So, And the shots that you were 100% on, you guys actually went back and fixed them, which is incredible. Yeah, we had to. We noticed at Expo, there were just some shots that just weren't right. We were trying to push the game out 
before it's ready to go. And, you know, once you find it, you have to make these tweaks to make it better. You have to do that. Joel, it's interesting because a lot of other manufacturers don't do that. Here's the game. We're not going back and tweaking it. Here's the game. Obviously, Jersey Jack had to do with the production issue of Pirates, but when Stern puts out a game, here's the game. You had a good focus group, in a way, of all those people at Expo playing the game and giving you good feedback. Did that help? Yeah, it does help. We just have to be careful about unveiling a game if it's really not ready to ship. So that's the ladder we're climbing now. The next time we show a game, the game will be shipping or ready to ship at that point. So we can't have that lag time anymore. You know, the the industry has shifted a little bit, obviously shifted away from the pre-sales or the pre-orders. But easier said than done with production. It's not an easy thing, especially with the tinkering. Right. And you know what? Does the timeline matter now? Because now you can buy the game. Now you can get Houdini. You can get Oktoberfest. So... Yes, you might have had to wait a little bit, but if you love that game like I do, you can go get it. See, and as a manufacturer, the owners want to look at the numbers. So they want a timeline of basically an aggressive timeline. But on a pinball machine, we could agree on a timeline and disagree on a timeline at the same time. Because once you start shooting the game and feeling the game and understanding the game, there are tweaks and changes that will come up. Obviously... The longer you have a game soaking as you're shooting it, and then the more changes that can happen. You know what I mean? It's if you look at something for a long amount of time, you know, a long time, because you're looking at that thing, you're going to want to change it. So at some point, you have to cut it off. Yeah. But we had we had to do a few things on Oktoberfest to make it better. Well, so. I can't imagine the balancing act from a production side, especially in a yeah. in a smaller company like American Pinball. But Mike goodness i root for you guys big time and, and all the companies who are making great pinball and joe i've loved your games for years so thanks very much all right thank you jeff have a great show well i'm happy to see her here at pintastic ashley ludwig who's made it up from rochester new york and the reason i'm happy to see you is first of all i want to tell you firsthand i love what you do you are saving pinball machines from graveyards and creating masterpieces it's a real labor of love oh yeah no it's a labor of love and I'm happy to be here. This is a lot of fun. It's really exciting. Is there anything you come across you go, I, I just can't fix it. I can't do it. It's too far gone. There's um, some projects or uh, some machines that we get that are really bad condition. And I'll be honest with tell and tell people that it might be more money to restore it than it is worth. Um, but some people there's a sentimental value and they'll just say i don't care what the cost is i i really want you know this machine restored because it was my dad bought this for me when i was a kid and he passed away and it has a lot of sentimental value you know it's just it's if you put time into it you can always save it Ashley, when I think of some of the older games, and I think of the Stern Electronic games, and, and any games that weren't clear-coded, they're rough and what we call now players' games, and they play well, they just might look a little rough. Those are probably the easiest fixes for you, other than time-consuming. Yeah, they, they tend to be. It always depends. Uh, sometimes a lot of, even just like a big dent or gouge in a machine can even be a lot more labor intensive where you just really have to make sure and fill and sand and make it perfect before you can paint it and clear it hide what was there now with all the play fields being redone and 3d printing and plastics and we're seeing people kind of saving these old games it must make it a little easier but there are a lot of times finding schematics and wiring and those must be confusing for well for me for sure what is it like for someone brilliant like you um i mean it's hard when you're working on a machine and you absolutely cannot get plastics for it or you cannot find a schematic for it even online and it forces you to really make phone calls and do what you can but i have a guy that i'll reach out to if i need uh one plastic specifically it's expensive but i can send it to him and he will um scan it in reprint it so that technology is really great to have but i just can't do it all the time i've heard you on slam tilt podcast obviously being in rochester i've posted myself on pinball profile the great video piece that was done of the incredible work that you do are you finding people are reaching out from across the country to contact you yeah um absolutely people 
even all over the world have been reaching out, even if it's just to say, hey, I see what you're doing, and it's it's cool. And, and that's the greatest thing about it, really. Well, I'm not surprised. You do fantastic work. Thanks very much, Ashley. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. One of the special guests here at Pintastic, because of his fine work on Black Knight Sword of Rage, he can't join us right now, so I've got Tim Sexton. Hey, Tim, how are you? Great, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. I'm just bugging you. You had your seminar. No tournament people showed up because it's a grind to do this Pintastic Rumble, but I'm sure the seminar went well. Yeah, these 30-minute queues, you know, there's no time to even come and say hello. At least tournament guys got to sit in the sweaty, cramped area in the tournament area. I brought seven t-shirts. I might go through all of them today. It's so hot here. I think you will. You're going to be sweating it out once I take down all your scores, too. I had, I had the high on break shot, then you came up and I got three times as much. Uh, okay, fine. You work at a pinball factory, all right? I mean, we you didn't make break shot. You have all access to this crap, and, and you're a coder, so you know secret crap. Listen, I want to tell you, all kidding aside, Black Knight Sword of Rage just keeps growing and growing on me. I haven't tried the new code. I know it's only for premium and LE, but for those who haven't tried it, what's uh, in the new code? So the new code for the premium uh, is a bunch of things. First, you get the... Ransom Wizard Mode from Black Knight 2000s in there, and it's got the uh, alphanumeric display with all the effects, you know, flail equals million, war equals millions, okay. everything's lit, and it kind of looks like the retro mode, but updated for the Black Knight 2000 one. But what we also have for the premium is a last chance mode. If you drain out an outlane on your last ball and you haven't played your multi-ball yet on the upper play field, you have 30 seconds by default, Lower flippers disabled, but unlimited ball feeds up to the top play field. And your goal is to lock all the remaining balls in that catapult lockup device to get the super catapult multi-ball, which is a four-ball version of catapult multi-ball with the base scoring is set in last chance. And you can also- Are you going to be done in like 20 minutes or like- Yeah. Okay, go on. You can relock balls to get 2x and 3x jackpots. So it's a big update for the premium. All right. And you know what? That's good if you're playing it on location too. You know, you want, maybe the ball goes quick and it's a fast game for even some of the best players. But I like that almost uh, daddy's is your third multi-ball, but you got to earn it. You do. You do have to earn it now. And if you go down the center, you're not going to get it. You got to go down an out lane. If you miss with the Magna save, you'll get another chance on the last ball in play. And it just goes up to the upper play field. So lower flipper is completely disabled. All you can do is lane change. Miss with the Magna save, that is like, that is the best part of my game. I press Magna save when I see it hit a sling. Maybe it'll go there. Maybe. My success rate on Magna slings, I don't even think 10%. No? It's tough. It's tough. You got to get used to it. It's the new button placement. I've had a few extra months practice over everyone else, but I think people will get the hang of it. It is a unique game. I love playing it. Congratulations, Tim. Thank you, Jeff. You know what's harder than finding a Willy Wonka golden ticket? Finding an Australian you can actually talk to and get along with because they're just such vile human beings. I kid, of course. William Gill is one of those great Australians, and he's from Sydney. Hey, William, how are you? I'm well, Jeff. How's yourself? I'm good. You came to our pinball podcast seminar. What'd you think? I was really impressed. I got to see uh, the other half of Head to Head that I hadn't met before, and I hadn't seen any of you others, so... It's good to put faces to the names and voices. You were looking to probably uh, fall asleep, too. I think you were having trouble with insomnia, and so coming to that podcaster's seminar really helped you, I'm sure. Yeah, there was a bit of that going on. Oh. <laughs> Not with the podcast. I, I've had uh, about seven hours sleep in the last three days with flights and things like that. Also, so. did you just arrive? I flew into L.A. Thursday morning and got here 1 a.m. Friday morning. So when you're in Sydney, do you look on the map and go, you know what, I want to hit the U.S. and I want to go to Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Is that what you look at? Well, I was coming over for work and I just looked up, using the IFBA app, what's close, and voila, here I am in Pintastic. But I have to say, all kidding aside, you know I love Australia and I'm looking forward to going there in January. The growth of pinball in Australia is like nothing else we've seen. Yes, the games are hard to get, so you have a lot of the newer games, but the tournaments, like Brisbane Masters coming up in August, I mean, the several days of that, it's just exploding all across Australia. I know Sydney's probably not, uh, it's not there yet. We're trying. The problem with Sydney is we have such a spread out city. The traffic on the weekend is worse than peak hour, and people just go, it's just too hard to get there. Ah. There's nowhere to park, so after work, during the week, it's just really, really tough. Where do you go to play pinball? I know you're trying to do things on Sundays in Sydney, but... I've got family in Brisbane, so I go up there quite a bit. 
Now, how far is Sydney from Brisbane? A 10 hour drive or. Oh, uh, it's uh, about an hour flight. Okay. So, yeah. Sydney's basically in the middle between Melbourne and Brisbane. Okay. Out of all of Australia, the hot spot for pinball is. It's not Bris- Melbourne? Not Melbourne. Brisbane. Brisbane. You've got to go to Brisbane to play good pinball. There's just so much of it. They're playing three or four times a week. I like it. I'm going to have to find a way to squeeze that in when I head over there in yeah. the winter. Yes, I've seen my mother more in the last two years than probably the previous 20. And she lives in Brisbane, so I've got somewhere to stay. <laughs> I love you, Mom. i got to play. See ya. <laughs> exactly. Hey, William, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for the words. Nice to meet you. It's too bad this is audio because you can't see what just happened. Ten cartwheels in a row. Jersey Jack did it right now. And he's not even out of breath. <sighs> oh, man. I'm telling you. I think my last one was... Uh forward roll there, backflip. So oh, I, I did notice that. Uh, triple sow cow, I think, as they yeah, say in skating. Triple sow cow. But the reason I think you're doing these cartwheels and are excited because look at the lineups. Look at everyone loving Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The kids are here. It's been a great fantastic for you. I love it. It's, you know, timing worked out really well with this. Um, we uh, shipped games before July 4th, as I hoped we would. And I wanted to have our distributor at the show, Automated, have real inbox production games here at the show, which he's, I think he sold four or five of them. So it was great. And Gabe, even Gabe opened up his game and he put it on the floor. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, very nice. It's a beautiful game. I've enjoyed talking to Joe Katz about what he's done here. Pat Lawler, another home run for Pat. It's just so exciting to see what you're doing at Jersey Jack. And you're a man of your word, too. You know, you said when the next game comes out, we're going to ship right away. And you did that. We did. And we still want to continue to get better. You know, the reaction of people, the little kids are the best. So many young people playing pinball. And this show... Having the Wonka kids here, it also brought in people that love the movie, and now they've gotten to discover pinball. So it's 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 really a, a wonderful thing Gabe did, uh, and the other staff at Pintastic. And I love when a plan comes together, right? Well, not only that too. We're missing the big thing about this game too is the entry level price is something that we haven't seen from Jersey Jack. It's certainly a lot more affordable if that's something you're looking at. I mean, there are people that love the collector's pieces and and why wouldn't you? But you've made a much more affordable game too that has all the bells and whistles. The company's very conscious that these are uh, products that people with extra money buy. And we're trying to get more games in more people's hands. And lowering the price is not something you hear pretty much any manufacturer in the United States doing right now. So $1,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. It moved the needle for a lot of people in the home to buy the game as well as commercial uh, operators, barcades, places like that. So, uh, you know, we were able to do it and uh, we made it happen. I saw Eric Manier here as well, and in fact, I was playing Pirates of the Caribbean when he was here. I'm like, Eric, get over here. Tell me what to do. Make the shots. Yeah. There's a game that has just, I mean, if we could see a graph of when it first came out, oh, a lot of interest and stuff. Oh, oh, you know what? Another Pirates game. But wait a second here. This is like nothing else. And, and I've said this to Eric, and I'll say it to you too, Jack. Out of all the games that have come out in the last five years, any company you pick it, I can't compare Pirates of the Caribbean to anything else. It is that unique and that good. And a bit of a risk for you taking this young Eric on, uh, a new designer, but it is such a fantastic and fun and great multiplayer game. I love the game. I think it's just going to grow and grow in popularity. I I can't disagree with any of that. Um, You had me at hello. Or you (laughs) you had me at Um great theme i always love the theme uh everybody loves pirates and that franchise wonderful um visuals that you have in the game and the storytelling and uh all the mechanics of the game wide body beautiful game i i love it i love it keith johnson and i have been chatting online but let everybody know how keith's doing because there's a lot of fans of kiefer keith's doing great and uh he's taking better care of himself and um He's, he's uh, you know, he's been back at work, and uh, he's a very, uh, he's a close friend of mine, personally. He was one of the first people that I knew Jersey Jack needed uh, to get the company going, and I care very much about him and his wife and his family, and I'm happy that he's feeling a lot better. 
2019 is already a great year for Jersey Jack Finball. It's only going to get better. Well, remember, I'm going to say it again. We're going to show another brand new game this year at some point at the end of the year. So uh, the promise was that we would show two games uh, exclusive of Yellow Brick Road, which is selling very well. We only have a few left. And it's very exciting. It's, it's taken a while, but look, um, the little acorn you put in the ground doesn't turn into a big oak tree overnight. Everything takes time. Jack, you talk about that Yellow Brick Road edition of The Wizard of Oz, a game that came out in 2013. We're six years later, and that's the staying power of the Jersey Jack games. And I know, I, I'm assuming when you get an original license, it's maybe a three-year period, but you can always go back to the drawing board, cut a check, and, and get more production, as you've probably done with Wizard of Oz. I have a feeling you're going to do that with some of these other games as well. It wouldn't surprise me, and you know I say never say never. Yeah. So the demand is there. Uh, we have, I don't think it's a secret, we have over, uh, I think we have over 1,400 Willy Wonka games on order right now. And wow. uh, we will disclose shortly uh, all the details of what the CE game is. Um, CE buyers, you know, uh, is a different group. Some of the CE buyers buy uh, a standard game, or they buy an LE, believe it or not. While they're waiting for their CE game and then they sell off their LE or their, or their standard game or they put it in a different house or they sell it to a friend. So I, I think it's really a lot of fun. We're in a really good place right now and I just want to keep the momentum going. Momentum is really an important thing for any uh, sports franchise. It's also important for a company and uh, we have momentum on our side right now. You certainly do. Jack, great seeing you again. Thank you, and, and really, you know, this is not just to my credit. We have a lot, a lot of people in the company, and our design teams, everybody from the people that put parts in a box, all the people on the assembly line, people that um, design everything and do the artwork, and everybody is one team, and everybody deserves the credit. Not Personally, I really appreciate all their effort and all their passion for everything they do. It shows in the games and uh, a great company in Jersey Jack. Congratulations. Jeff, thank you. And thank you for always, um, you know, always doing everything positive for pinball. Even even for other companies aside from us. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's great. It's but all... you, know why, you know why you say that, too? It's not because of what I said. It's because... Healthy pinball everywhere is healthy for the industry, and more people buying pinball machines. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe their first game's another company, but That's then right. they see this game and they go, Willy Wonka. That's right. I love that movie. Oh, and so it That's just right. kind of grows and grows. That's, That's right. It's all good. It's healthy pinball. pinball is good. It's all good. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Uh-oh, New Kid in Town, another podcast, but I want to check this one out. The Classic Pinball Podcast with George Jassick and Dr. Dave, Dave O'Neill, and they're here right now. They were checking out how some of the other podcasters were doing at Pintastic. Dr. Dave, uh, what do you think of finally getting on a podcast? It's about time. I it's don't want to know. Yeah, we've been around for the block for quite a long time, and uh, it's kind of cool. A lot of good knowledge here. Uh, George and I have a, a fresh perspective, and uh, George approached me with this whole idea. It's like, I don't really have the time to do it, but George, if you want to drive this thing i will don't mind you know coming in and helping out and, and throw my knowledge at it too and and we both we both speak very passionately about the well, whole pinball thing and i care about the knowledge when i listen to people like yourself i really want to learn something but you've actually got the pipes too so it's a good that you're doing oh thanks thank you very much yeah it's a lot of fun how hard was it to get them to do it george not hard it took us a long time because we we're trying to find a friendly platform to do it on i'm not super technical so so, that being said, we just had a podcaster's panel. There are a lot of podcasts that have popped up. I think it's great. I love the variety. I assume you're using something like an Audacity or Skype. What do you got? Anchor. Anchor's good, too. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Well, for somebody who's not technical, it's pretty easy. It's not robust, but it'll work for now. And I'm going to take the tips that I learned from you and some of the other podcasters tonight. It was great. Go with the other podcasters. I don't know what I'm doing. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, editing is kind of the key with these things. It's the real difficulty because you want it to sound as best as possible. And once it's out there, you don't go back and fix it. You should have taken that um and ah out of there. So you really have to be conscious of that. Uh, is that something you're aware of when you're recording? No, we're kind of doing stream of consciousness. And we kind of have such a good... The only thing we're conscious of is we should be just stop pause kind of thing so we know when to cut but otherwise we're just kind of we just keep rolling like cameras rolling and if George will look at it after the fact it's like you know what this is all good we're just gonna cut print go okay 
Now, do you have an agenda? Is there? Do you send each other sheets? Okay, here's the order of operations of what we're going to. Oh wow! Freewheeling. I took some notes down for our first show, just to kind of put some bumpers on it, keep us focused. But but, but I don't I don't really see them, so he kind of hits me blindside, <laughs> and it's like okay, I'll just roll. You know, we, we, we want to keep it fresh. I mean, it's the dialogue between Dave and I. We're friends for a long time. We share commonality on what we collect. So that chemistry, I want. I hope it comes through. You know the hardest episode to do, George and Dave? It's the first one because they all get easier after that, right? You learn a few things. And, and it's the fear of like, oh, is this good enough and all that stuff. Just get it out there and then each one will get better and better. So, again, check out the classic pinball podcast, correct? Please. All right. Please do. Thanks, Dr. Dave. Thanks, George. Thank you, Jeff. For legal reasons, there'll never be a cluster vuck on Pinball Profile. This is the closest you're going to get to on a Friday night at Pintastic. My goodness, I'm in a room of mm, 10 people here. I'll go around the room, introduce yourself. Mr. Ron Hallett Sr. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Ron Hallett Sr. All right. From Riptide. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Jeff. And uh, Ron Jr., how are you? Good evening. Where's Stewie? Nah, he's somewhere. Come on. Hey, what? what? There's Stewie. Dr. Pin, the second best ginger in pinball. How are you, buddy? How you doing, Jeff? Great to be here. And your better half, Mrs. Pin, what's shaking? Shaking, lots shaking. You were part of that podcaster uh, panel. How'd that go for you? It was great. I was sitting next to the nicest people. Jeff Parsons. <laughs> Can't stand the guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, from head to head, I guess you would say... Leslie. By Leslie? extension. By extension. Yes, by extension. Absolutely. Yes. Part Joe's of- better half. Joe's not even here. Joe, Joe Lemaire, who's now the new Ryan on Head to Head, not here. Zach, Mr. Controversial, who you hear once in a while on Slam Tilt. How are you, buddy? Yo. you got to give me more than, not only one word answer, just one syllable. There's two letters in yo. Give me a little more than that. Not stirred. Mr. Personality in the house. And uh, also, Christopher Franchi and his daughter, Presley. Hello. Yo. Oh, jeez. Presley will say more. I'm the number one redhead in pinball. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even... Oh, why would I give Christian number two? You're right about that. Oh, and Joe LaMare just showed up. Hey, Joe, how are hey, you? We're doing it ourselves on oh, Pinball cool. Profile because head-to-head couldn't do it. Where the time. hell's Parsons? So uh, everyone having fun at Pintastic. Stephanie, tell me what you're thinking about Pintastic. Yeah, this is my third year or so. Okay. Ranking it? One, two, three. Where is it? Better every year? Solid two. Solid two. What was number one? What, what went on? Well, I mean, there's still lots Jeez, of fantastic you know. to go, but I mean, there's a very comfy couch in the uh, Southern New Hampshire Pinball Club room that we had like an introvert couch moment. <laughs> yeah, me, Ron, Steve Baden, all sitting on the couch, kind of introverting together, not ready to go home, but not really willing to do the dollar games. Nothing makes me more happy to hear about this introverted group that all do podcasts. Like, it just makes no sense. But God bless you and Riptide, we all love it. All right, Dr. Penn, you're wearing your Womp shirt. Your wife and the swag. Do you just go like, this is enough already? No, I love it. I I love it. I like to fuel the... She uh, kicked you under the table. You don't really mean that. I do. I do. She makes some... Incredibly amazing swag, and, but like uh, like San Antonio is calling her now for trophies. They're I doing know. trophies at Pinfest. They're doing it here at Pintastic. That's enough. She's gotten a little bit in deep into the deep end in terms of getting requests every weekend for more and more trophies. But she loves doing it. She does a great job doing it. So more power to her. I guess better that than trying to jimmy up Attack from Mars to beat some of your high scores, right? She does that too, I heard well, in the last yeah. podcast. The, uh, the tilt bob is gone, and the settings have gotten a whole lot easier. But Hold uh, on a second here. Uh, Mrs. Pin. I, I heard about this, and I don't want to throw any names out there, Jeff Patterson, Twip. Uh, taking off the tilt bob on home games. What's this all about? I'm going to clue you in. This is like an exclusive. Okay. Guess who removed the tilt bob? Who? It wasn't me. What? <laughs> here's the bus, and here's me. Ba-dump, ba-dump. <laughs> Speed bump, Christian. He goes under. All right. Mr. Franchi, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything to say other than yo? Yeah, I've decided that I'm changing my name. To? Well, you got Dirty Donnie. <laughs> you got Zombie Yeti. So I'm changing my name to... Stinky Chris. No, Dirty Zombie Sexist. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Isn't that isn't that already been put out there at once once in a while? Christopher, love yeah, your work. Yeah, it's not original. I stole it from someone else. All right, listen to the rest of this clusterfuck on head-to-head pinball because I'm sure it's going to be messy. I'm here with Steve Ritchie. Steve, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Black Knight Sword of Rage, after so many years of Black Knight, the game originally, the original one, got me into pinball, and then you had Black Knight 2000, and we've seen a lot of licensed games and theme games, but not Steve Ritchie. And I told you in the very first pinball profile, Steve Ritchie is a license. Steve Ritchie is a theme. And I'm so glad to see Black Knight come out and be very, very successful. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. It was great to make fun. I'm working with uh, Tim Saxton for the first time. Sort of an unknown quantity in the beginning. He's done great. He's totally passionate about pinball, and I, I loved working with him. I don't know if any other designers would be given maybe the free will that you've been given and the trust to do something that's not totally out of the box, but the fact that it wasn't a movie, a rock band. It is Black Knight. It is really pure pinball. And was that a fight for you to get that title to make Black Knight 3? Well, they were stupid to let me, don't you think? No, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it was kind of tough, but I think I felt my uh, fatigue with working with licenses. and um, It wore on me a little bit. And with Black Knight, we didn't have to report to anybody, really. We just we pretty much let everybody create. We got together and figured out exactly what we're going to do. And we didn't have... A lot of outside, you know, opinion or anything else. We just, everybody got to create. And it's like we picked the best of, of all the, the concepts that we wanted to or thought about anyway. And they're in the game. And um, I think it was really good for everybody on the team. Especially, like I saw a breakthrough in video artwork on the screen. No question. And it's like, it's because those guys... Those guys were into it just as much as we were because they got to contribute to the theme. When you're working with a license, you're working with stuff that people have already made, and you have to be true to it. Well, Black Knight, we sort of let it roll, and uh, with a little bit of you know containment. Not much though. I didn't. I, I don't have a, an iron fist. It's like we're. If it's good, it's going in the game. If it's bad and it takes more than one opinion, it's not in the game. Can I ask a question about yeah. the toy, the greatest toy in pinball this year? You for really sure. think so? I do. It's the most unique. I don't know how difficult mechanically it was to make and to tinker and all that other things, but it is pretty impressive. I mean, it is so interactive. So I do believe it is the best toy in pinball. I, I think it is too. You know, he talks to you. The Black Knight is uh, hes a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically uh, somebody you really don't want to meet in real life. And uh, I don't know. He, I like how he's... It is interactive. The flail is awesome, and it's like kind of scary, but it probably doesn't drain you half as much as you think it's going to. And I, I like the shield action also. Yeah, the toy as a whole, I think, is fun as hell. It's got four states and a lot of interaction, and our topper is even better. Where do you see that? Anyway, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and um, I just... I'm happy to be here, happy that Black Knight Sword of Rage is available. You mentioned Tim Sexton. I did. There are a lot of young people coming in. Yeah. And you and I might be on the older side of things, but you showed that you still got a few tricks up your sleeve. And Well, it's like they influence me, too. You know, they, they teach me what millennials want, pretty much. And it's like, good lesson. I have stories, but I can't tell them here. <laughs> I can't tell them anywhere. Someday. Yeah. The Steve Ritchie book. Someday in the Steve Ritchie book. All the best, Steve. Thanks, and look forward to the next game. Thanks for having me. All good things come to an end, and that's the case with Fantastic here in New England, and uh, it's back home, but what a great time in Sturbridge. Congratulations to all the organizers. A lot of fun, too. The tournaments were great. Stephen Bowden was the pro circuit winner. Emily May was the women's winner, and uh, great tournaments, both of them well run by Jim Swain and Kristen Gregory. I'm in the car right now on my way to Boston with the Hendersons, uh, Joshua and his father, Mark. Josh, it's always great to see you, and good to see you at pinball events. I know school's been keeping you busy. It has been, yes. Did you enjoy the show? Tell me what you liked the best. 
I liked it. It was pretty good. I was there last year, and I think the biggest thing that I liked about it was that I had the chance to play new games like Willy Wonka, Oktoberfest, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there were some great lineups of both those machines, too. Of course, Black Knight was there and, and all the other games. It, it was something special. Mark, what did you think of the show? I liked it. It was one of the first times I've been at a pinball weekend where uh, they served free beer. So uh, who doesn't like free beer? And that was with uh, Oktoberfest. And that was a promotion. I may have noticed that once or twice. Yeah, it was neat because they have that side flipper thing where you can play one-handed, so that was fun. I've seen Joshua, actually, uh, back at Expo with the American Pinball, really crushing the Houdini game, and uh, I know you're a big fan of the American games. Yeah, I enjoy them. I think that the rule sheets are really creative, and once you get into the theme, there's all these little details that were put in by the programmers and the artists and i appreciate it and i hope that they do well you also are a big fan of that jersey jack willy wonka game in fact you got a nice uh, poster signed by jack and by the artist and by the three kids there that was nice to have them there it was it was awesome it was great to meet them so we're off to boston right now and mark was telling me in the car here that uh, the place in boston for pinball and i don't know this to be uh, true or not, so I'm going to take Mark on his word. Roxy's is uh, the place we have to check out. Is that it? Yeah, absolutely. We're on our way to uh, Roxy's. Normally, uh, name is 4 Arcade. That is a pinball arcade uh, bar venue. There's several other bar venues. Another one is Johnny Flattops. And people are kind of copying the model of Roxy's because it's been very, very successful. In fact, lineups to get in. Yeah, absolutely. It's not unusual that on a Friday evening after 5 o'clock you could have anywhere between uh, as few as 30 to as many as 60 college kids waiting in line to get into a pinball, arcade, and video shop. That's unheard of. I've never seen this before in my life. Yeah, there might be one or two colleges in the Boston area, so that's probably a good market to go after. <laughs> uh, there's many more. I think in, the, <laughs> yeah. in a five-mile radius you have... Uh, uh, MIT Harvard. and Harvard and Boston University and other colleges. So it's 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 a plethora of college kids wanting to relieve themselves of heavy studies. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. This is Spinal Tap. They had their concert gig canceled in Boston, and the promoter goes, "Ah, don't worry about it. It's not a big college town." <laughs> it's a great line. That's it for Pintastic, and uh, looking forward to other great shows. If you've never made it to Pintastic, I highly recommend it next June. Thanks again to Gabe to Derek, to Dave, and everybody who put that on. It was a lot of fun. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Please email me at pinballprofile at gmail.com and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. I'm Jeff Teolis. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination.